And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Denny, there is a lot going on uh, around the Florida Gator program. People used to be connected to the Florida Gator program and a whole lot going on around the Southeastern Conference. And let's begin right there. I don't think Gator fans are shedding any tears for what's going on in Knoxville, Tennessee. But my goodness, what an absolute mess it looks like the Tennessee Volunteers are in. Of course, they fired head coach Jeremy Pruitt earlier this week. Yeah, I hate that for – I mean, I know Jeremy. Um, I, I hate that he has this coming to him, but he made his own bed. Like, I mean, it is what it is. The amazing thing about this is I can tell you guys this is like the tip of the iceberg. Like, there's so much more that – and there's a lot of times these stories break and then you never really hear everything, right? It, it It's like, okay, we're, we'll fire the coach. Let's just – Sweep the rest under the rug, NCAA. A little bit of that going on at Tennessee. There's other programs. Dan Patrick mentioned, so I'm not going to break that news, but Dan Patrick mentioned Georgia. Um, There's some some interesting stuff going on around the SEC right now. But here's the thing. The NCAA better be careful with this. Because at some point, the SEC says, look, stop snooping around or we're leaving. Um, That's going to cause a domino effect everywhere and full disclosure for people that don't know imagine most of you do but for the ones that don't Denny trains quarterbacks with six points he's very successful at it here in northeast Florida you have a lot of quarterbacks from the high school ranks that you train to go to college even some college quarterbacks that you train to go to the league and in doing the work that you do you talk to a lot of people around the world of college football so when Denny says tip of the iceberg that's not to me speculation. You you know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I'll I'll tell you this. Like the relationships are important to me, and the relationships that I have in the college game, like I need to keep those relationships. Those are personal relationships. But I will say this: I had um, an SEC coach tell me about this three weeks ago, and and the direct quote was, "Yo, if everything comes out, it changes everything in the league." Like, there's a lot at play. It is a soap opera. Let me ask you this. You follow recruiting, obviously, with the work you do. I follow recruiting more along the Florida-Florida state lines now. I used to follow it more in the southeastern part of the country as a whole. How could Tennessee, if what's being alleged is true, and what was reported yesterday by Dan Patrick, is that literally bags of money Mm -hmm. were getting into the hands of recruits during their visits to Knoxville, Bagmen, bags of money were being handed to football recruits. If that's true, how could Tennessee A possibly be that stupid and B get caught at it? There's a level of arrogance with that. The way it's being reported, if it's true. Like I've I have heard of backpacks where, you know, all of a sudden money rolls into a backpack. I've, it's it's rare. I've heard go to the airport and open locker Ford B. Yeah, I mean, it's so— And there so, could be like, something in that locker. Like, let's get this out of the way, though. Like, you're talking, even in Tennessee's case, it's not like— 
your favorite player from your high school who happened to sign with Tennessee or Georgia or Florida or Texas A&M is getting cash. Like, I get accused all the time of taking money when one of our guys commits to an SEC, ACC school. It's not like that. We're talking very few, very few bold individuals that ask for it, right, that actually get it. It's, it's not widespread. If what's being reported at Tennessee is true, that's a whole new level of arrogance to put it in a McDonald's bag and just hand it out. That's, that's crazy. I don't think that's the case. I think what, what we'll find out, if we ever find out, is it's probably two or three guys who had a handler in air quotes who said, look, we need this. And that happens. You see a lot of times with these bigger recruits, families in foreclosure or eviction or something like that, and magically they're not. Like, but bags of cash, actual bag men are are a rarity. Tennessee took this to a whole nother level if what's being reported is true. I'll tell you this from a personal story. I won't tell you the player, obviously, or the team, but knowing that I covered SEC recruiting uh, back when Gridiron Now was around, uh, there was a college football player that was a fairly decent player in the Southeastern Conference for the last couple of years that when I was covering recruiting about three years ago, actually asked me for money to do an interview with yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, asked yeah. me for money to do a recruiting interview with oh, him. Oh, no, that happens all the time. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, and listen, that's name, image, likeness. That That's what it is. That's what we're getting into. I'm here for it. Like, I, if if a kid wants to be a commodity and he thinks that his interview is worth cash and he can get it because there's some people that'll pay, go capitalize. It's capitalism. If you're Tennessee— I mean, And I know there's a lot of people listening that are going, well, wait a second, they're on scholarship, they're on all that. Again, don't if you don't like it, don't pay them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, the name, image, and likeness thing, I'll actually be happy when that comes down the pike because then we won't have to talk about it anymore. Right. So I will be happy when when because I, I do think there are some issues there and and all, that's all been sorted out. But it will you know be what? sorted out. The boldness of that kid to ask you for money. Oh, I was shocked. Is a perfect example of what I'm talking about here. Is that boldness to say because in, in in the SEC, think about this for a second. Tennessee doesn't give money if there's not somebody else giving money. Right. There's a market. Does that make sense? Like if you're if you say to Tennessee, look, I need 10K, that means somebody else offered you five. There's a partner. You know, right? It's supply and demand. Let me ask you this, too. And again, not, not to go all that in depth, but I think Gator fans would find this interesting. Dan Patrick yesterday, according to his source, they were destroying Tennessee on his radio slash television show. This was all the McDonald's stuff about Tennessee. But he put a sentence in there saying, talking about how sloppy Tennessee is. He mentioned that his source is telling him how sloppy Georgia has gotten as well. Could we wake up one morning and all of a sudden, like the sky is falling in Knoxville right now, the sky may be falling in Athens sooner rather than later? Absolutely. Which would be very interesting Absolutely. for the Gator Nation. Um, I Again, I mean, I don't know anybody directly with Georgia. Like, I'm going on information from other right. coaches inside the conference. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it it the two were very tied together. I'll put it that way. Let me ask you this about Tennessee. They're going to get raked over the coals on this. If half of this I don't stuff know. is proven to be true. I don't I see I personally don't I don't know because I think the NCAA's got to be very careful with this. And I think 
because I heard about this three three weeks ago, and so I think a lot of the last three weeks before they fired Jeremy uh, Coach Pruitt was negotiations with the NCAA. Look, if we fire this guy and this guy and this guy, what does that satisfy? Because remember, by firing him, and there's some there's some language and stuff like that, but they still got it. They still owe him a lot of money. Like, yeah, almost thirteen million. Yeah, so that's not a cheap fire in Tennessee's. We've been hearing about Tennessee's budget issues now for what three, four, five years. That's not an easy situation for Tennessee. So I think a lot of that has already been predetermined with the NCAA. So I, I, I don't want to see anybody get SMU old school treatment or even you know. Anything it would be hard bad. to do that now because yeah, every game's on TV. I mean, yeah. I don't think you're going to see the death penalty, but could you see a two or three year bowl ban? Loss of yeah, 10, yeah. 15 scholarships? I think you'll see more along the lines of maybe a scholarship here or there, but really where it's going to hurt them is the loss of recruiting visits, the loss of you know time on the road. That's where it stings because essentially you take away any type of competitiveness. So I think that's what we see. we got to move on real quick, but uh, thoughts on who Tennessee may get as the head coach? I have no idea who would take that job. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's going to be interesting, knowing what's coming down as – like I just said, with a recruiting disadvantage and the Tennessee fan base don't care about that, they're going to expect you to win, they're going to have to reach. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can also listen. For Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good Dr. Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. Florida basketball. Got a huge win last night. We're recording this on Wednesday. Huge win on Tuesday night over Tennessee. Dominating win. Rough day for Tennessee. (laughs) It was a very rough day for Tennessee, both football and basketball. Denny, one thing that rubbed me the wrong way, and we're supposed to be celebrating a Gator 26-point victory and obviously the best game of the year. They're 7-4 and four now, 4-3 four and three in the conference. It wasn't two minutes after that game went final last night that all these people, some of our brethren in the media, mm-hmm. Matt Hayes, <clears throat> Dan Hicken, among others, yep. were calling out the, quote, Mike White haters on Twitter. And, and, and I, I responded to Matt, who is, of course, my co-host on XL Primetime, and I said, is this your go-to line after every Florida win? And where was this tweet when they were getting embarrassed in Starkville on Saturday? Where was this tweet when Kentucky was beating them by 30 in Gainesville a couple of weeks ago? I don't understand why every time Florida wins, all the Mike White supporters have to go there and on Saturday, when they go to Georgia and lose by 15, you'll hear crickets from those people. Jeez, that, geez, is that confident they're going to, like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I mean, that, it is That's their track is. record. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, show me where in Mike White's history they come off a big win, go on the road, and win another I, I game. Think, I think you and I are the average Gator basketball fan in this way. We want to see Mike White. Um, succeed. Of course. I, I don't want there to be coaching turnover. I like, there's nothing about Mike White that you don't know. Like, there's nothing he's done that makes people go, I don't like that guy. No. Right? This is purely performance based. Like, he's got the look, he's young, there's everything that you want. He's high energy and a college basketball coach at a major college basketball program. I want him to win. I want him to rattle off a Final Four appearance and go make 
$6 million a year in a contract extension. Like, that's what I want. The reality is that hasn't happened. The reality is he's inconsistent at best, and the program has gone back 12 years. They're average years. to slightly above average, and that's right. what they are. That's what it is. So it's not a Mike White hate fest. It's reality. No, but but when I every time Florida wins, you're right. You get the where are the Mike White haters at now, and then the next time on Saturday, I think they're going to lose to Georgia. You won't hear a peep from those people, and mm-hmm. it's just it's frustrating. It's like, why do you always have to point that out when they win, but yet you're dead silent when they lose? You know, the other thing is, I saw a ton of last night was they what an incredible victory they were out there th- without their three best players. Well, then are they the other three best players? Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to ask that, right? Like, well, it, well, hold on. Is that a better lineup? And if it is a better lineup, now Keontae obviously is a different thing. But if that's a better lineup, then Mike, what have you been doing? I give Mike White. Well, you know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I mean, I give the Gators a ton of credit. They absolutely destroyed the number six ranked team in the country last night that came in with 10 wins and one loss on the year. It was as good as a Mike White basketball team has looked maybe in two or three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a dominating, dominating performance, and I hope they can build off of this. But history has shown with Mike White's tenure in Gainesville, think back to Auburn last year, think back to big wins in the past. They'll win a big one, then they'll go on the road and lay an egg. And if they go to Georgia and they win on Saturday, well, then maybe we got a little something cooking. But I don't know where in the past where you can say, yeah, they're going to do that. To me, they win big last night. They're going to go to Athens and probably lose on Saturday, and then we're back to square one. Right now, Mike White is Jim McElwain in my head. Like he's he's had a couple impressive Ole Miss. Remember the Jim McElwain Ole Miss top ten win? Like he's had a couple of those things, but then we always get into this funk where it's like we can't make a shot, and it's the same team over and over and over again. I'm pulling for you, Mike. Like I, I want you to do well. I don't hate you. I want you to win 25 this year. I want you to go deep in the tourney. I'm not a hater. I'll give Mike White credit in this regard. Trey Mann looks like a different player yeah. from last year to this year. That guy has absolutely turned a corner. I give Mike White credit for that. Omar Payne, who was in there last night and, and obviously had to step up with the guys that were out, was a dominating force last night. So some of these guys are getting better. You would just like it to be more consistent. Go beat Georgia. If you go beat Georgia on Saturday, this is maybe a different conversation next week. Uh, but – Again, do I think they're going to beat Georgia on Saturday? No, based on what we've seen in the past. All right, Urban Meyer coming to Jacksonville, the former Florida Gator head coach, obviously. We had Jeremy Foley on on Monday on XL Primetime, and I thought Jeremy Foley, I asked him flat out, probably 80% of Jaguar slash Gator fans are over the moon about this hire. There's about 20%. That probably still have a little bit bitterness when Urban left Gainesville 10, 11 years ago. And I asked Jeremy Foley, who's the guy to ask, what would you tell that 20% of Gator fans? And he said, think about all the great times that were at Florida when Urban was there. He said, my office was next to Urban's. I saw the toll it took on him to build that program up, to keep it there, to do everything that he did. Translation, Jeremy Foley has no bitterness whatsoever towards Urban Meyer for leaving. Told Gator fans, don't be bitter about it. It was a great run. Urban just felt like he had to move on. When I heard Jeremy Foley say that, I think, to me, that puts a lot of it to rest because I wasn't sure what his answer was going to be when I asked him, and he was glowing about Urban Meyer and the time there in Gainesville. I don't think there's a Gator fan alive that can't remember back 
to how great those years were. Like, and we just were talking about Mike White. I mean, it was the football, basketball combination, baseball in some respect. Like, it was just a good time to be a Gator, and there was a swagger about being a Gator fan and a Gator player. Like, it wasn't. It was. It was awesome. It was fun. Urban Meyer has had his shortcomings. If you're looking for or at Urban Meyer's life for morality. Like, you're looking at the wrong places. But the NFL is about – I don't look at athletes, coaches for, for, for moral reasons. I look at them as entertainment and, and win. You cannot question Urban Meyer when it comes to excellence on the field. You can't. Everywhere he's gone, he has not just succeeded. He's been excellent. He's been upper tier. He's been elite. Everybody around him has been elite. That's what Urban Meyer is. Urban Meyer is a thermometer guy. When he walks in the room, the temperature goes up. He sets the temperature. Like, that's who he is. If you're a Jag fan, you have to like that. Now, you can argue, will he succeed at the NFL level and all that kind of stuff, and I don't understand that because I have a hard time doubting people who have succeeded at every other thing they've done in their life. Like, for me to say they're going to fail at that, I don't have any basis for that. Well, that's what's funny is, you know, we we do a lot of these out-of-market interviews when a big story happens in Jacksonville. So I went on with a couple stations, one in Kansas City, one in Louisville, uh, one in Mobile, Alabama. And, and the overwhelming thought was, well, Spurrier and Saban failed. So that's a prerequisite, meaning Meyer is going to fail. And it's just, that's such a Jimmy tiring... Jimmy Johnson, Carroll. Like, right, I that's mean... true. That, but it's such a tiring narrative. I don't know why, because Spurrier and Saban, quote-unquote, failed... 15, 17 years failed? ago. Did Saban was – Saban was – He wasn't successful. He, he left in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like that's the – that – people weren't talking about Saban failing before he left. And then he left for what ended up to be an opportunity of a lifetime, and he's built a dynasty. Spurrier failed. Spurrier was a failure at the NFL. He was 5-11 and 11 and 7-9. and nine. The reality, if you're a Jaguar fan, and, and if you're not, you need – like, listen to this. It can't get lower than it is mm. now. So if Urban comes here and fails, he's going to fail at a higher level than what we've been failing at in Jacksonville for the past 15 years. It's going to get better. It could get really good. And if you're a Gator fan that's not necessarily a Jaguar fan, I mean, think about it. Urban Meyer, Charlie Strong, we'll see what else happens with the staff. But certainly there's a major orange and blue flavor, if you will, now 90 minutes down the road here in Jacksonville, Florida, with what the Jaguars are building. And, oh, by the way, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. in April, which will just add to uh, the excitement. And there is, obviously. The Urban Meyer coming here has brought a level of excitement to Northeast Florida, Jaguar-wise, that we have not seen in quite some time. No doubt. No doubt. Excitement and attention. And that's what what we've been wanting here in Jacksonville and and honestly haven't deserved the attention – so I mean, you got to follow it up. So it'll be fun. Hopefully, they have OTAs. Hope you know, OTAs, mini camp. I, yeah, because I would be out there every day. Yeah, I yeah. want to go out there and see From what's what I'm going hearing, on. They're not going to. I know it's yeah. going to be probably a virtual thing. Yeah, but we'll see. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care <laughs> across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside. The beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. As we start wrapping up Gator Bites, Denny, uh, you had a point to make about the coaching hires under Dan Mullen. Now, some defensive assistants have moved on, uh, mainly in the secondary. I think they've made one hire, right? Coach McGriff from Auburn has been hired to join the secondary. But there are still some openings on that Gator defensive staff. 
And you have a theory or two as to why that is. Well, yeah, I've, I've just seen a lot of stuff on social media about Todd Grantham being the reason that his control factor is the reason why there's still these openings. And I've talked to college coaches recently about this. And Todd Grantham is the reason. It's not for that reason. If you are Florida, you're going out to get the best of the best, right? And the best of the best have jobs now. Those jobs are fairly secure. Why would you go to Gainesville with a defensive coordinator who's got a year? Mm-hmm. Right? Why would you go to Gainesville and say, okay, a year from now I could be shopping around for another job when you're already making six fifty, seven hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? You've already established your recruiting base wherever you're at. Like I think if you're Florida right now, if you're Dan Mullen, what you have to do, you have to put out a narrative right now that Dan Mullen, I'm here for the next four. So if you want to hire an elite staff, they need to know you're going to be there. Then you got to put out a narrative that Grantham's my dude, and he's not coaching for his job next year. Now, that's not what Florida fans want to hear. But if you want the best of the best as the position coaches, there needs to be some assurance that they're not going to be moving on in a year regardless of what happens. Now, if they have another year like they did last year, uh, you have to. But there needs to be like you need to explain why that's not going to happen and why, if you come to Gainesville, you're going to be here for the next three years. And the Gator defense did get some good news. I mean, obviously it was a terrible year for the defense, but Zach Carter, Trey Dean, Jeremiah Moon all announced they're coming back. I'd rather have those guys in the fold in 2021 than not have them Cox. in the fold. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he ever declared well, one way or the now. other. Yeah, so I think he's back. Okay. To my knowledge, he's back. I haven't heard any different. I've talked uh, I had Anthony Richardson in over the weekend and him and Joey Gatewood threw together and we were talking about Brenton Cox and he was talking about what a freak that guy is. Yeah. Like so good. Probably the best athlete on the team. Yeah, I mean, Brenton Cox held up his end of the bargain, truthfully. Zach Carter needs to hold up his end in twenty twenty one. There's some players. He was a little bit of a disappointment. But there's some players on the defensive side. Like there there's reason to be optimistic on the defensive side if that may be the stronger side. That is Denny Thompson. You get him every night on the Sports Den alongside big game James Coleman. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. You get me every day on XL Primetime with Joe Cowart, Matt Hayes, and Leon Searcy. We'll be back next week. Next week, Denny, Senior Bowl, Mobile, Alabama. I think I'll be here. I'm not entirely sure yet. I may be out in Mobile, but I think I'll be here. Either way. I may be out in Mobile. You may be out in Mobile. Yeah, we we actually we have quarterbacks playing in it. So well, there been, you go. Yeah, we've been prepping quarterbacks for so it. So one way or another, Jacksonville or Mobile, we'll get it done. And obviously <laughs> a very heavy Gator flavor out there again this year. Kyle Trask, Trevon Grimes, Kadarius Toney. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will. It will. A lot of guys with a lot of opportunity. KT probably with the most to gain. I would think so. It'll be fun to watch him. Maybe Kadarius Tony can get into the first round of that NFL draft. Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites right here on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.